3: Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.
0: You don't have to dip forever. You know that, right? You don't have to smoke forever. And the reason I say it like that is I have been that guy. I've been that guy. I dipped for so long. And what would happen is I would decide I'm going to quit. It's bad for me. I'm going to quit. I'm a man. I don't need any help. I'm just going to quit cold turkey. And I would fail time and time and time again. I tried things like the patch. That didn't work. Gum, sunflower seeds. I, I tried it all. It's just a matter of finding the right thing to help you quit. That's Jake's Mint Chew. Go, put in your dip. Just make sure it's Jake's Mint Chew. It's tobacco free. It's nicotine-free. It's even sugar-free. And I highly recommend, just a personal choice, I highly recommend their CBD pouches because it really helps take that extra edge off. Get a jakesmintchew.com. That's jakesmintchew.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE at checkout. When you do that, you get 10% off. tonight is our cops under fire special but before we get to that i have to be honest i have to go off about something separate for just a brief moment because it's absolutely boiling and i have to get this out and you know what you have to sit there and take it so here we go word is out now texas and florida They are beginning to lock down again because of an increase in coronavirus cases and an increase in coronavirus hospitalizations. couple things on this. One, I warned you. I warned you in the very, very beginning, the first day anybody suggested locking down anything because of coronavirus, I told you, not only would it destroy the economy, but this would set a precedent for the future. That these people, once you give them the power, once you and I give them the authority to just shut down a business, whatever, they would never let it go. And of course, here they are again. We're going to shut down again. But we're not even going to talk about that. What I really want to go off about is this. I want, I want to understand this, right? So somebody just clear this up for me, please. The government, federal, state, and local, all decided through their infinite government wisdom, that we must lock ourselves in our homes wipe out 40 million jobs contract the economy by five percent jack up a four to five trillion dollar deficit this year because of a virus with a 99.99 survival rate they, they decided that okay that alone was insane enough i don't need to rehash that entire thing and get my blood pressure going again then almost miraculously it's like it was from god there's a horrible cop killing in Minneapolis and people flood the streets for 2 or 3 weeks. Not only did they flood the streets for 2 or 3 weeks, they did so. Get this. They did so with the media who just told you all you were going to die from coronavirus. They just they did so with that media cheering them on and this is this might be my favorite part of all time. They did so with the cities Issuing them permits to have these mass gatherings where people are butted up next to each other with the signs and the protests and ah, cops are the enemy. Now there's an increase, surprise, surprise, in coronavirus cases in cities like, oh, gee, Houston, where I live. What just got done happening in Houston? Uh, about 10,000 pr- uh, funerals for George Floyd. I can show you the pictures. There's mass gatherings everywhere. Floyd here, Floyd there. It's like like Winston Churchill died. And everybody gathered out. And the city offered a permit for it. Offered a permit for it. They let them all do it. And now cases are spiking again. And now we have orders. Bars have to close. Restaurants have new guidelines. You can't go rafting or tubing. You are not allowed. This is the best part. You are not allowed to gather in groups over 100 when a mere two, three weeks ago, they were encouraging massive gatherings for George Floyd. These are Republican problems too, ladies and gentlemen. Texas is a Republican-run state. Florida is a Republican-run state. Stop kidding yourself that this is a Democrat problem. We have a massive, massive failure of Republican leadership from the very top to the very bottom in this country. I am mortified, shocked, and disgusted. And I can't even tell you what I would be thinking if I was a small business owner who was shut down for a month, two months, finally get to open back up and attempt to limp my way into existence, only to watch the streets flood with a bunch of people waving stupid signs and yelling about the cops, then to be told I once again have to close my doors, once, all they're, once they're all done in the streets, I'll tell you what I'd be doing. I'd be putting up a gigantic Black Lives Matter sign in my window of my business and say, I'm staying open. There's my open for business card right there. If I seem upset, I'm a little upset. I'm going to be all right now. We're going to move on and talk about cops under fire, which is actually only going to make me more upset. I just had to get that off my chest. Now. The GOP tried to pass a resolution. They tried to pass a resolution in support of police, which I know seems a little two-faced since they just tried to pass a police reform bill. Democrats, of of course, oppose the GOP resolution supporting the police. It is amazing when you sit and think about it. It's not just our disgusting media. It's not just the people in the streets. One of the two major political parties in this country has come out blatantly against law enforcement amazing that we've gotten here and now these geniuses in major cities like maybe the most major one in the world new york city they are actively trying to slice a billion dollars with a b from their budget here's the nypd police memo quote A billion-dollar cut to NYPD's operating budget would set the city back three decades and severely compromise the significant progress the NYPD has made in keeping crime at historic lows and New Yorkers safe. The only way to achieve it is by payroll cuts. Some people are saying that you can do it through attrition. That is totally incorrect. There will be layoffs. Oh, that's the thing, though. It's more than just layoffs. It's more than elevated police suicides, which is horrible and we're seeing it. It's more than elevated police retirements. We are changing the minds, we're changing the hearts of American society against our police officers. And look, I'm not one of these guys who comes out pro-cop every time there's a cop controversy. I'm all about law enforcement reforms at a local level where they should happen. If you have gross police departments, and there most definitely are gross police departments, then that city and mayor should get involved and fix those police departments. However, we're not going to do this idiotic thing where we somehow decide cops are the bad guys. Cops are the problems in these horrible neighborhoods? That's the dumbest, most disingenuous, ar- disingenuous article, disingenuous argument I've ever heard in my entire life. We're really going to pretend that cops are the issue? And we vilified these poor guys. Listen to this union boss. This
4: isn't stained by someone in Minneapolis. It's still got to shine on it. And so do theirs. So do theirs. Stop treating us like animals and thugs. And start treating us with some respect. That's what we're here today to say. We've been left out of the conversation. We've been vilified. It's disgusting. It's disgusting. Trying to make us embarrassed of our profession. 375 million interactions. Overwhelmingly, overwhelmingly positive. Nobody talks about all the police officers that were killed in the last week in the United States of America, and there were a number of them. We don't condone Minneapolis. We roundly reject what he did as disgusting. It's disgusting. It's not what we do. It's not what police officers do. Our legislators abandoned us. The press is vilifying us. Well you know what guys, I'm proud to be a cop and I'm going to continue to be proud to be a cop until the day I retire. He's right. But oh, don't worry, AOC,
0: she's going to defund it but not really defund it, it's complicated.
1: But, but why is it necessary to take the money from the police? I mean, I understand your argument, the argument you're making about expanding social services, investing in social services, but the research does show that more police on the street means less crime.
5: Well, I think there's uh, one question that, that is interesting here is that um, when it comes to funds, it's not always just about the number of officers in the street. It's about these police precincts that have tanks, that have military weaponry, and frankly have a degree of um that have a degree of 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 material resources and war like um war weaponry that people ask why does a, a local police precinct have this in the first place so when we talk about defunding it can show up in multiple ways additionally the other way that that we talk about um you know in this is that when people ask for healthcare, when they ask for housing, when they ha- ask for education, people always say, "How are you going to pay for it?" And so, what it's what this movement is doing. First and foremost, it's important to note that this is directed at city councils and mayors. And so, you should look to see if your city is having this conversation. Um, but first, and the and the other question here too is, I think, and I think it's a valid question for people to ask: What should be our number one budget priority? At all, does any agency uh, deserve to be funded more than almost all the others for healthcare, housing, and youth combined? But what do you so say-
0: the- Yeah, I don't know what she said either. Ilhan Omar was a lot more concise, and let's be honest, she's detestable. But she was a lot more honest.
5: I will never stop saying. Not only do we need to disinvest for in police. But we need to completely dismantle the Minneapolis Police Department. The Minneapolis Police Department is rotten to the root. And so when we dismantle it, we get rid of that cancer and we allow for something beautiful to rise.
0: Yeah, U.S. Congress is doing real well these days. That person is a United States congressman. Joe Biden, he's not... He doesn't want to defund the police, but let's be honest, Joe Biden doesn't know where he is. No, I don't support defunding the
6: police. I support conditioning federal aid to police based on whether or not they meet certain basic standards of decency and honorableness and, in fact, are able to demonstrate they can protect the community and everybody in the community.
0: I love that. The federal government is going to determine whether someone else is decent and honorable. Man. That's a laugh. All right. We have a lot more tonight, including an FBI special agent on our special tonight. So, but first, um, the debt is astronomical, and we have a 5% contraction in the U.S. economy, and now we have new lockdowns. People, listen to me. If all your retirement funds, your 401k, your IRA, if they're all in stocks and bonds, you are taking risks you do not have to take. You know there are precious metals IRAs out there from Birch Gold? Get a hold of Birch Gold. Go to birchgold.com slash jesse. They'll actually give you a free 20-page kit. You don't have to take my word for it. Go read about it yourself. Also, you'll see Birch Gold has an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau. This is not some company that just showed up on your doorstep yesterday. Start protecting your finances before it's too late because at some point, I'm going to come on this show And that bubble's going to have burst, and it's going to be too late then. Birchgold.com slash Jesse. B-I-R-C-H gold.com slash Jesse. We shall return. Joining me now is my friend Drew Berquist, host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. Drew, before we get to all the cop insanity, you are a Florida man. And I have to say, throughout all this rioting rioting, rioting, rioting and looting and burning and all these other things, this Ron DeSantis guy looks really really good from afar however i'm not in florida this guy looks like he's a strong leader he looks squared away am i getting sucked in here
7: does he actually suck no he i don't think he does suck i think that he's uh, and again we've maybe talked about it a little bit before i thought that he would be good not great as a governor he he's actually you know from around these parts he lives he lives not far from me um when he's not in the governor's mansion. And I thought like, okay, this is great. Like, he's a local guy. Like, I think he's gonna do well. He's certainly better than, you know, <laughs> Gillum. Um, we don't need to get into all of, of his nefarious activity, but he's obviously better than, than that dude. Um, but no, he's been so surprising. And I think that he has, has shown true leadership. He's gone against the grain and against what the mainstream media has said, and it's worked. And yeah, there's some little spikes here and there, but for the most part, I think his leadership has been excellent he's really he's making a name for himself
0: i don't understand why you don't want to get into all the gillum stuff drew don't you want to break down the specifics of what happened and the scandal and all that is that is that not something you want to do I don't want people
7: to know I was there. No, no. I, I, I mean, I literally, it's such a—it's like from a movie. How ridiculous all that was, and I can't believe I still there's there's a couple of people who have his sticker, and for some reason I never get that either. People who don't take the sticker off for a candidate who lost a long ways after they're in the neighborhood, I always honk and just yell that he lost. Um, but yeah, it's that that whole story was remarkable.
0: I do the same thing. Sometimes I run them off the road. Just depends on what kind of mood I'm in. All right. Exactly. Drew, I feel like the Republican Party as a whole, obviously not the governor of Florida, but the Republican Party as a whole, the D.C. Republicans, really, really have blown it the past few weeks. I'm not putting all the civil unrest on them. What do you do? Do you send in the military when a Democrat mayor has control of that city? You don't have jurisdiction to do so. However... The narrative from the GOP seemed to immediately be cower before the media narrative, cower before them screaming at it, and throw our cops under the bus. At a time when cops yeah. are being assassinated, when everybody's under assault, the GOP trots out their own GOP reform bill. Man, I'm telling you, I'm so stinking mad about it.
7: Yeah. Well, it's become, it's become like so many other issues that are happening right now. If you don't say that you're for some form of police reform, with, with with the understanding, of course, that anything in life and everything can get better. Um, I don't know that you and I can, but like everything in general can improve. <laughs> like, but police reform, like, if you don't say, oh yeah, I'm all for police reform, we've got to do this three-step process or this nine-step process, if you don't agree with it, you're racist. And and the GOP leadership and people across the country certainly, that we knew the media would cave, but like to see the Republicans, it's like, where where are you? Like, we had a guy write about it for for our publication. Where where are you right now? Like, you've been staunch supporters, all of a sudden this happens, you kowtow, you bend a knee, and now you're, you're putting forth bills, creating change that in some cases wasn't needed. It wasn't needed. And can you
0: explain, because you're a CIA guy, a lot of people don't realize Drew was one of these fancy James Bond counter-terrorist types in Afghanistan, hunting down bad people and making sure they disappear type thing. The bureaucracy in Washington, D.C. is so broken and so slanted that I feel like, honestly, I ha- the same thing happens to our politicians, Drew. They get there and they completely lose touch. As for the Republican Party to think that America is anti cop absolutely floors me. How in the bubble do you have to be to think that?
7: Yeah. I- you do i mean i i I don't know because i'm dumbfounded too i mean it it, none of it makes sense none of the rhetoric makes sense you hear people coming up with all these change ideas and you look at the stats and i have some stats i mean you look at you know obviously right now everyone's saying okay cops are racist cops are evil we know none of those things are true other than the, the the few bad apples but you know if you if you had in 2019 235 black suspects shot 370 white people. Within those numbers, of course, some of them are justified shootings. Some of them maybe they, they aren't. Low numbers though, and there's over like 800,000 cops in the country. It's kind of like the ammo thing and the Second Amendment. like if, if we really as gun owners were the problem with all these these guns and all this ammo, you would know it. Same thing with the cops. If there's over 800,000 cops, you would know if there was a problem with the data but the data doesn't line up at all there's not a statistic out there that does it so uh, the, the people who are in DC and the people who are in, in politics the people who are in media who are either buying into this or sharing it for the sake of, of their job or, or their you know job security their you know uh, not wanting to get attacked by the mob whatever the case is it's shameful
0: Drew, I want you to speak for a moment about how good we do have it with our police force in America. And I'm talking about, in comparison to, say, someplace like, oh, Afghanistan?
7: Yeah. Well, I mean, I tell you, uh, so you go to any of those third world countries, and, and I would also say, just as a quick caveat, that because of how much we all hate each other in America now, I was saying this earlier on my show, that I think... We've become as tribal as Afghanistan we just have nicer buildings but like but you look at the cops <laughs> and the military in these locations and they are corrupt they are poorly trained you know they don't they they abuse power you know power is king and survivalism is king in those countries so they they take it and they run with it and and they get their hands into all of you, you find a, a clean cop or a clean military and there are there are some great people over there but but that's like finding the needle in the haystack where it's the opposite here where you have a couple bad apples, but they're absolutely the minority and they're few and far between. And, and they don't have as much of a why. Here, there's a huge why. Why do I wanna do this? I wanna help my community. I wanna give back. I want to get bad people off the street. There, it's just, I, I, I need a job or I'm gonna die. Like here, people are doing it for a darn good reason. And right now, we're taking that reason away from them there's there's no motivation to do this when they want to go help the american public and the american public says you know what screw you we don't like you you're an awful person like why, why would you want to do your job is our
0: crisis in america really a parenting crisis true
7: <laughs> yeah i think it kind of is i mean i tell you what like i i'm trying not to be guilty of it myself but i i i think a lot of it stems from that like you know, we started giving everybody trophies and everyone's opinion matters. Your opinion doesn't matter. Some of your opinions don't matter. Like, like, like that, that has really fostered this, this whole situation to the point where now you have to agree with what everyone says. Everyone has to, you know, it's just, it's, yeah. I, I think a lot of it comes back. I don't know what the percentage is. I don't know how we, we get scientific about that, but it certainly plays a very big role.
0: What should we be doing about the university system in this country? I have to be honest, when I see all this anti-cop, cops are the enemy, anti-America, America's the enemy, I point fingers, Drew, and I point fingers at our disgusting education system in this country, and I'm amazed nobody at a national level and see, in our party seems intent on doing anything about it.
7: Yeah. No, I loved, I loved how you went after Yale and some of the schools this past week. I, I think that's great. I I, I don't know, because I, I think that the system—I hate the word systemic right now because it's just being overused—and and it's a conversation that we don't need, need to have necessarily. But like, but I think the system is so broken that you know, for me, it's like, all right, well, we're looking at Liberty University, we're looking at some of these schools who've kind of kept their head on straight and like still care about. You know, Christian values, the Constitution, you know, all the stuff that America was built on. Um, but, but some of these other schools, they're beyond it's it's like we've talked about before with our relations in this country. Some of them are just beyond repair. Like, and there's great kids who go there. There's great kids who come out of there, uh, whether it's an Ivy League school or one of the big, you know, more popular public schools that just are a liberal arts schools. But, but I, I don't know, I think you've got to kind of start over. I, I know for me, and I'm sure you've had different thoughts, as my kids get to that college age, the the, the thought process is gonna be completely different than it was for my parents. And my parents are probably just glad that I got in somewhere. But like for for, for when my kids get there, like it's gonna be a totally different story because I don't wanna send my kids to these places that are literally, they don't call it that, but they're literally brainwashing them and teaching them values that go completely contrary to what we have taught our kids and what this this country was founded on
0: my parents were also glad I got in somewhere and then I got a 0.0 grade point average my first semester of college did you know that drew
7: well but that's impressive in its own right I did too have a there's once I got a, a, a report card at the end of a semester and realized I had a, an F in a class and I was shocked to find out I had an F in it because I didn't even know I had the class so that's <laughs> <laughs> how did I get an F because I never went didn't know I had it
0: Drew Berquist, host of This Is My Show with Drew Berquist. Thank you, buddy. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Do you know right now you might be the victim of a bad, bad crime that's going to cost you a ton of money? It's, it's true. Home title theft has the FBI freaking out right now because your home title is no longer a dusty piece of paper in a bank vault, it's now online. And anything online can be stolen. These cyber criminals, the things they can do with a few minutes, it is unreal. Home title lock is out there. They are spreading the word that criminals are getting a hold of your home title, putting your signature on it. Taking it to a lending institution, taking out a loan against your title, and they take off, and you are stuck holding the bill. It is a major problem, way bigger than anything like identity theft or credit card theft. It's spreading across the country. It is the new frontier in online crime. Protect yourself with HometitleLock.com. Go there now. Register your address and find out you might already be a victim of it. While you're there, use the code JESSE. Get yourself 30 days of free protection. All right, we got more. Joining me now, a man who will know exactly what is going on in this country, John Cardillo. He is a former NYPD cop, and that is exactly where we are going first. John, um, July 4th, cops are talking about a walkout. One, do you think they will do it? Two, do you think they should do it?
8: Well, let's start with the second part first. I think they should do it. And you know, look, they're gonna, when they say walkout, in many places, police are, uh, it's illegal for them to strike. It's illegal for them to initiate a job action. New York has a state law called the Taylor Law, which says critical civil servants, police fire, et cetera, can't strike. But what they can do is they can shut down, right? Uh, a couple of precedent cases. You've got Warren v. D.C. in the D.C. Circuit. You've got Castle Rock v. Gonzalez at the Supreme Court. Courts have maintained time and again that the police have no legal duty to protect you. So the cops don't have to get out of their cars, Jesse. They don't have to respond to radio calls. They really don't have to do anything that these Democratic politicians, and it is primarily Democrats, if not exclusively, are prosecuted. It almost feels like, doesn't it, that these DAs in New York, in Philadelphia, terrible guy there, Larry Krasner, uh, Chesa Bowden, uh, both of his parents served time, one still in prison for cop killing. It sure seems like they're sitting on a perch like hawks, waiting for police officers to make one wrong move, to just cross that line by a millimeter. They're swooping in, prosecuting these cops and destroying their lives. So I think cops, should slow down on the job to make that point. And I do think they will. I think I'm seeing it in law enforcement groups. There's a national movement now taking hold. There's a national movement taking hold now what did the
0: cops do if they shut it down and the city absolutely burns which look i i support making these people pay for this but if they shut it down the city absolutely burns do you think the cops jump back in Do you think the city officials wake up how does this get resolved because i want these cities to pay i also at the same time don't want all the innocent people inside of the cities to pay
8: yeah, we don't have to speculate because we know how this turns out. It was uh, David Dinkins did this in the late 80s, early 90s. You know, Jesse, most people forget that Rudy Giuliani lost the 1989 mayoral election to David Dinkins. Four years later in 93, New York City uh, elects an odd number of years. Four years later in 93, Giuliani won by a, an unprecedented landslide because of things like this. Now, the only difference back then, and I had this conversation with a, with a couple of our friends on text this morning, Uh, guys like Kurt Schlichter, we were talking about this exact thing. Back then you had NYPD leadership that was willing to buck the system, go against the mayor's office and shut down the unrest. There were a lot of riots in New York back in the late 80s. You had the uh, Tompkins Square riots where the squatters started to demand they were given free housing and just took over buildings. You had Washington Heights riots, a false narrative over a police shooting. The FBI later determined the shooting was 100% justifiable. The bad guy had a gun. David Dinkins paid for that guy's funeral. A guy who tried to kill police, and he and he indicted the cops. in the court of public opinion, the public finally got sick of it. The residents of the city of New York said enough with the crime, and we had two terms of Giuliani and three terms of Bloomberg. I have. Every problem in the world with Michael Bloomberg, but the one bit of credit you got to give him was a law and order guy. He let the NYPD do their job. So I think we know how the story ends. And I believe it ends maybe not this cycle in 16, but it's going to end with massive voter backlash against these leftist politicians.
0: Is this worse than those previous times, John? I don't like to get so myopic. I pretend that everything happening today is the worst thing that's ever happened before. It's certainly the worst I've seen in my adult life. Is it the worst that you can remember?
8: Yeah, it is, I think, and, and I don't think it's hyperbole, and I don't think it's tunnel vision on your part. I agree with you here for the simple reason that this is a national Marxist movement. So when I talk about that unrest with David Dinkins back in the late 80s in New York City, there were localized issues, right? A police shooting. But that police shooting, the, guy, the bad guy's name was Kiko Garcia, a known drug dealer. It was an anti-crime cop, the unit just disbanded by Dermot Shea, the police commissioner, but they didn't take hold nationally. It was isolated, it stayed in New York City. What we're seeing now, Black Lives Matter has nothing to do with Black Lives, we know that. It'll take five shows to explain why, just on the crime data. It's a Marxist organization shielding itself behind a racial moniker, giving them cover to call us racists if we point out their Marxism, right? Antifa says, well, we're leaderless. We're not a real movement. We don't have a leader. Well, I don't buy that. That's all BS. There, somebody's coordinating these people in multiple cities across a nation, across multiple nations at certain times to start their unrest at a certain time of day, all dressed alike, all using the same talking points. That's not a rudderless ship, a leaderless ship there. And so I think the difference, yeah, is that this has now become a global Marxism movement we haven't really seen that before.
0: John, they talked about and have done eliminating the plain clothes NYPD, which you just brought up. Can you yeah. elaborate for a moment what plain clothes cops actually do? Because for people, most people, they don't have any idea, yeah. they don't get the concept of
8: it. No, it's a great question. I'm glad you asked it because a lot of people conflate and confuse undercover with plain clothes. Two different things, right? An undercover is you and I are are detectives or agents. Jesse, we want to go catch some cartel guys. We play the roles of drug dealers or dirty bankers or money launderers. That's not what a plain clothes unit is. A plain clothes unit is merely cops dressed like you and I are now in unmarked vehicles who are patrolling. They're still on the radio. They can still respond to calls. That's something an undercover would never do, right? An undercover goes, works over time to never be uh, outed as a cop or an agent. The plainclothes units are out there. They have lights in their cars and sirens. They're just, they're just unmarked vehicles and they are tremendously effective at stopping robberies. That's really what their mission is. This nonsense about they harass people of color. Now, their mission, I worked in one of those units, it's to stop robberies. You, you, you deploy yourself and your teams and in high traffic areas, retail areas, or outside of subway stations where commuters are coming home at night and it's dark, and you essentially are very proactive looking to interdict and stop armed robberies, rapes, assaults, things of that nature, it'll have disastrous consequences disbanding these units. They are highly, highly effective and have very few complaints. There was no reason, there was no data to substantiate the disbanding of these units.
0: Speaking of undercover, you you made me think of this when you brought up Antifa. Do you think, and obviously if you know I don't want you blowing anybody, but across the country, do you think that police, individual police departments inside of these cities where Antifa is thriving, like Portland, NYPD, do you think they're taking this seriously enough to possibly infiltrate like that and figure out exactly what's going on, or are they not allowed? Well, I don't think they're allowed.
8: Uh, I think the smart ones will do it. Look, one of the most successful programs the NYPD ever had was the CI, the Confidential Informant Program in mosques. It generated tremendous actionable intelligence after 9-11, and there was no, believe it or not, there was no religious barometer. They simply would look at the arrestees the night before from the nations of terror concern, 30, 34, 35 nations. The religion was irrelevant. They'd go in, and if it was a small charge where the DA could make a deal, they'd convert him as a confidential informant. I hope we're doing the same things. One of the things that was very encouraging to me was the president and AG Barr giving more latitude to the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, because a lot of people don't know this. The Drug Enforcement Administration, the DEA's intelligence uh, infrastructure in many instances, especially South Central Latin America, uh, Mexico, is better than CIA's their their intelligence uh, gathering capabilities because they've been out there for so damn long in the field and they know all the real dirty players they're more cops so then cia guys come in and, and they tend to be a little more aristocratic the dea guys will get their hands dirty they're in the trenches cia will often use their intelligence they'll never tell you that but it's true so i'm very encouraged that dea was given the antifa blm mission to an extent because there's no better agency at embedding undercovers, cultivating informants, and gathering intel on these volatile street movements. So I think at the federal level, we might start to see it happen. I don't have confidence at the local level.
0: John, what do you think should be done if, if we happen to dig into these groups, these Antifa groups, and we travel that thing all the way up to the top, and we find one man or
8: two men, what do you think we should do with them? Well, look I think it's more than them and and I want to point something out to your viewers, your listeners. I hope they know the impact you are making. I'm not just saying this because we're friends and I respect your work. You came up with a brilliant strategy and that was to out the founders of these elite universities that the left love so much and point out their ties to slavery. And it was Jesse, it was one of the most brilliant, brilliant acts of content I've seen in a long time. I think that's what we're gonna find, right? We're gonna find the tops of these organizations are those elites, they're the elite professors and the provosts and the presidents of these universities. I think we're gonna find some very interesting names on the list of people that are enabling, coordinating and funding these domestic terror groups, Antifa, Black Lives Matter and the such. And I think they need to be tried under the same statutes, we would try Al-Qaeda, ISIS, uh, uh, white supremacist militias, any other domestic terrorist. Look, police officers have been killed now. Police stations have been torched. I see these people uh, no differently than I saw Tim McVeigh. I see them no differently than I see Louis Farrakhan. He's a domestic terrorist. He knows who killed police officer Cardillo, who was murdered in 1972. Most of America doesn't know that. So while these Hollywood celebrities uh, talk about Farrakhan in the context of Black Lives Matter, when Cardillo, uh, distant relation of my dad was was killed in the mosque, mosque number seven in nineteen seventy two. One of the things you never see in any in any media accounts that, that just infuriates me. Farrakhan was in the building and he was running the mosque. He was managing that mosque. Till this day he knows who killed the cop in the unsolved case and he's never given up the name and Hollywood and the left, they fall over themselves to celebrate this cop killer.
0: John Cardillo, thank you so much, man. That was dynamite.
8: Ah, oh, thanks, Jesse. Good to
0: see you. Thank you, John. Well, it makes me sleep better at night, knowing we actually have cops out there like the Cardillo family that are taking care of us. Let's hope we can pay them enough respect that they'll keep doing so. You know what else makes me sleep well at night? Ebb sleep. Why don't you have yours yet? I get the all the emails now from people who have them, thanking me, saying it's the best thing ever, it's changed my life. People, it's not sleeping pills. It's not some weird mouth guard you have to put in. It's an ebb sleep. You put it on your forehead, totally comfortable, and it applies precise, continuous cooling to your forehead area. So when you go to sleep, all those racing thoughts that go through your head, they calm down. When they calm down, you calm down. You drift off to sleep, get seven, eight hours of natural sleep every single night. I don't say this often. That's life changing. That will change your life physically and mentally. Go to tryeb.com slash Jesse. That's tryebb.com slash Jesse. Use the promo code Jesse at checkout. Get 25 bucks off. We'll be back. Joining me now, retired FBI special agent Bobby Chacone. Bobby, before we get into everything else and this absolute madness going on out there right now, I've always wanted to know, what does it take to be a special agent over a regular agent?
6: <laughs> well, there is no regular agent. That's the thing. The actual title of any FBI agent is called a special agent. Um, ah. That's pretty true of any federal agent. They, they are... Uh, ATF or DEA, we're all special agents, um, and that's just that's just the official title.
7: Do you
0: get to pick your specialty when you go into the FBI, or is it just more like the military, or at least somewhat like the military, where they just kind of give you one and you're stuck doing it?
6: You know, um, the term we used to hear a lot is the needs of the bureau. You will be <laughs> by the needs of the bureau. Now, of course. If you come in and you have a particular skill for example a language ability or um, computer science or something like that um you will spend the first two years your probationary period getting the foundation of what it is to be an investigator um and then hopefully the bureau will use those specific talents that you have um wisely um you would hope but sometimes it happens i think more often than not it happens sometimes it doesn't
0: The needs of the Bureau. That sounds suspiciously like what they told us in the Marine Corps when they said USMC stands for You Sign the Mother Blanking Contract. That's what they said. All right, Bobby. What do you see right now in America as far as America's relationship with law enforcement, not just the craziness we see on TV, but America as a whole? Because it feels like, and maybe maybe I'm watching too much TV, it feels like all of a sudden we as a society or at least a percentage of this society have decided cops are the problem.
6: You know, I think you hit the nail on the head when you said too much TV. I think that there is a... Um, there is something that happens when uh, a movement gets momentum, uh, you know. And you look at the the movement now, and it does have a fundamental legitimacy to it. Um, the, the 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 racism that sometimes rears its ugly head, our national history really of of racism in our country, um, does have a, a somewhat legitimate basis and foundation. However, I think the frustration with with people who are subject to some of these racist, uh, systemic racist policies or however you see it. I think they're frustrated with the fact that in many areas of the country uh, that have had these things from from the early 1960s when the civil rights acts were passed and all the aid came in, you had democratic governors and you had democratic mayors leading these cities and nothing has gotten better. In, in fact some of these people view their lives as much worse over the last 50 years so the frustration bubbles up and they need an outlet to take it out on and it's very easy to look at the murder of someone like george floyd which should never happen and then apply all of the bad deeds to that particular set of people which factually just is not correct i mean if you look at the numbers the facts the the fbi compiles the uniform crime report every year it it, it compiles the data Um, of of white police officers killing um, unarmed black people, of white black officers killing white people. Everything is there. And the numbers just don't support the current narrative that black young black men are being slaughtered all over the country. Um, But that's a very emotional, visceral nerve to touch when you have a video like we had in the George Floyd case. So I think what's happened is everything is bubbled over. Everything is boiled over. um, And rationale has kind of gone out the window. If we really want to find... The root of this problem which as I think is there's some legitimacy to it's not the police. it's the systemic systems within the government that are supposed to help people um, that have been subjected to past wrongs and and that's your social services systems and your educational systems and things like that which by the way have gotten many many you know billions of dollars in funds and there's no been no accountability for results and so I think that that there's a frustration that has to be taken out. They want a pound of flesh, and the police are the easiest target to go after that pound of flesh.
0: Well, I mean, who? I, I for one, am stunned, Bobby, absolutely stunned that a government agency, a government program would be wasteful and inefficient. That just absolutely <laughs> blows me away. I have to say, I find a cop's job today to be impossible i have a very little bit of experience in law enforcement when i was in the marine corps and just even then it was frustrating because you're constantly dealing with the muck of society and constantly having to remain above board be above it all do everything right all the time only now everybody's got a cell phone camera whenever you have your worst moment it's all being caught on there i just don't know how a cop could possibly do it these days how
6: well, yeah, there's that. And there's one of the one of the side effects of all of these movements are just just a general lowering of respect for authority, a lowering of respect for the police. And I don't think that should be discounted because you ha- you, you see these um, these young people, even young white people in the face of these officers screaming at them, calling them horrible names, telling them they're horrible people and you know these these kids who come out they, they they go home and and they don't have to ride around with that cop overnight and 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 deal with what that cop has to deal with all the time now that is not an excuse for a violent assault on on somebody that's unarmed and that is not but but to to understand the um, what police do day in and day out would, would help greatly in this narrative. We're just not getting that, that, that part of the story. We, 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 Once in a while, they'll throw a token story of, of a police officer helping somebody. But that's the norm. That's not the exception. The exception is the George Foley case. That's the exception. The norm is that there are thousands of officers, tens of thousands of officers out there every day helping people, saving lives, saving black lives, by the way, and saving white lives as well. Every single day, that's the norm. The, the, The exception is when these horrific acts take place and there's a system and mechanism to address them, but it's certainly not to defund the police.
0: No, it's not. And I'll tell you, nothing for me epitomizes what this last few weeks of completely disingenuous insanity has, has, you know, nothing epitomizes it better for me than the fact they canceled live PD and cops off of television. I know that sounds like a small thing. There were just television shows. People watched that and gave themselves a lot better perspective on what you just said. It's basically a virtual ride along. You get immersed. This is what the guy's dealing with. He's dealing with the meth head he's dealing with running down the dark alley with somebody running away from him has no idea what he holds it was it was the one bit of perspective the average joe could get and we took that away too bobby
6: and by the way both of the shows you mentioned um cops has been on the air for like 30 years and and live pd for a and was one of their top rated shows and it what that tells us is people want to see that people want to be brought along People want to understand the job of a cop. These are live, like you said, almost ride-alongs. And, and the audiences of those shows, the longevity of those shows, tells us that people want to see it. The American people want to witness it. They want to be ride-alongs. Everybody screams about um, uh, 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 cameras, body-worn cameras. Well, that you have it. You have a front-row seat with those types of shows, and now we're removing them from the air. Not because people don't want to watch them, Clearly, their their ratings and their longevity tell us that people want to watch them because you you and I both know that if they weren't making money for that network and if they didn't have the audience, they wouldn't be on regardless. But the fact is that they, one show has been on for 30 years and the other one is the top rated show on that network tells us that the American people want to be there. They want to watch the officers in action. And, and, and you're right, it does give you a front row seat. My dad was a, a police officer in New York City in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, before cell phones and before video, but he used to come home and complain that he was being asked to be a preacher and a marriage counselor and a psychologist and, and, and God knows what else, uh, all in the same shift. Uh, by the way, the first he would be the first to admit, he wasn't trained to do any of those things. And so um, I think there's been, you know talk about a failure, there's been a failure to provide our police officers and our law enforcement with the proper tools to deal with say mental mental health issues now there are some departments like the lapd who has the MAU, which we call the mental evaluation unit who now roll out with police officers when they're responding to a call that might have a mental health component to it but we need more of those kinds of things we need to give police officers more ways to deal with violent offenders or mentally ill offenders or chronic offenders or things like that they just don't have the tools
0: Bobby Chacon, thank you so much tonight. Thanks for everything you've done.
6: Thanks thank you, thanks, for having me.
0: All right, before we leave here, I want you to do me a favor. Have I ever asked you to do anything? Have I ever asked you, given you some kind of an action item for the show? Well, now I am. I understand that there's a chance you've had a negative interaction or two with law enforcement in the past. I have. Most of the time, that's my fault because I drive too fast, so on and so forth. But you also do need to understand the vast, vast majority of these guys are out there every night while you and I are in the recliner watching some Netflix, had pizza with the fam, hanging out, maybe play some cards, do your thing. Those guys are wading through all the crap in this place. And right now, as we speak, those guys feel like America hates them. So all I'm asking, depending on your financial situation, order a pizza or several pizzas and send them down to your local police department or sheriff's department. I've never asked you to do anything like that before. Don't know that I ever will again. Now is a great time to send it down there. And if you can, attach a little note to it that just says, thank you. All right. See ya. You know, your house smells. Don't get mad. Don't get mad. My house smells, too. I'm not not indicting you. I'm sure you keep a clean home, but just time means you're going to acquire smells, whether those are cooking smells that get in your paint, your carpet. Maybe they're animal smells. Maybe you're a smoker or someone else was. Just living creates smells. I didn't realize that my home had a smell to it until I got my first Eden Pure Thunderstorm, the greatest air purifier I've ever, ever owned in my life. This thing, I had it plugged in for two hours. I came back in the room and my air smelled so clean. I now own three of them. I'm not making that up. This thing has absolutely changed me. On top of what it's done for my allergies, go get one. Get two. Be like me and get three. Go to EdenPureDeals.com. Make sure you use the promo code JESSE. That gets you 10 bucks off and free shipping. EdenPureDeals.com, promo code JESSE.